All right, good morning. Let's turn our Bibles. Hope you got a Bible with you. You got a Bible on your phone. I hope you get a little app that sounds like pages turning. I, I like that sound of everybody turning the pages. Luke chapter number four be our starting place. I've got a long introduction and a short sermon. But the introduction is necessary to get the sermon. Many of you raised your hands at Sunday School Hour and say that you listen to our preaching on the internet, and, and we appreciate that, but it adds to the pressure because oftentimes I'll go somewhere and somebody said, well, I already heard that sermon, and that's why I envy the singers. They go to a church and, and everybody wants them to sing the same 10 songs every time they, every time they go, and, but a preacher preaches something, I say, yeah, I heard that nine years ago, give me something new, but if you've, if you've heard this before, maybe this time it'll sink in. And, and uh, maybe, maybe it'll help. So let's pray. Father, with all our heart, we're thankful that Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, died upon that cross to pay for our sins. Lord, those of us that have received that as our salvation, we, we just express to you uh, that our joy is not diminished since the first day that we had our sins washed away by the precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, if there be those with us today that have never known so great salvation, we pray that uh, you would open the eyes of their understanding today and that they would see their need and your provision for that need. And now, Father, please help me to tell the truth in the way that you'd have it told and bless your word to our hearts, we ask in Jesus' name and amen. We are in the midst of unusual times as a nation And that has caused many Christians to be confused because theirs is an American Bible or an American Christianity. If something you believe works in your town or your nation and doesn't work around the world, you need to adjust your beliefs. God did not write a Bible for people living under the liberty and the freedom established for us by our founding fathers But the Bible is written to people, to all men everywhere, and it is true in every place. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4 and verse number 5, Jesus is on a mountain with Satan. They're not having fellowship, they're doing battle. And the Bible says in Luke chapter 4 and verse number 5, And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will, I give it. If you read the rest of the passage, and we'll not do that this morning, Satan receives no rebuke from the Lord Jesus for the words that he has spoken. If you will study the history of the world, you will see support for the truth spoken on this mountain. Satan is a liar, but everything he says is not a lie. Jesus is the truth. Everything he says is the truth. But when Satan says, the kingdoms of the world were delivered unto me, that is a biblical fact that took place in the garden. When Satan says, I have power to deal out these kingdoms as I see fit, that is a biblical statement. When God showed Nebuchadnezzar and then showed Daniel what he had showed Nebuchadnezzar 
about the subsequent Gentile powers one after another that would rule and govern this earth. The Babylonians and the Medes and the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans and the, that, that which now exists, the part of iron, part of clay, none of those were godly. None of those were honoring to the Lord. All of those kingdoms and empires were quite satanic. But as God sat in heaven, he allowed Satan to establish human rule over men and women and quite consistently to the harm of those men and of those women. I'm not trying to start out with some great controversy here this morning. I am telling you that as an American, you may be troubled this year, last year, the year to come. What is happening to our country? May I remind you that you were born in a time of very unusual circumstances. Liberty has never been the norm. Freedom has never been the norm. Free speech, free assembly has never been the norm. It has for your lifetime in this country. But around the world, throughout the history of the world, this is a very unique and rare circumstance in which we have lived. And the fact that it may or may not vanish away has nothing to do with the Bible being true or not being true, or God being faithful or not being faithful. It may just be time you learn to live like Christians have lived for 2,000 years. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. I like being comfortable. I like being free. I like prosperity. None of those things were ever promised to Christians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 3 says, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, whose image of God, should shine unto them. I believe the scriptures are given by inspiration of God. I do not believe 2 Corinthians 4, the words of Paul. I believe they're the words of the Holy Spirit given to Paul to write down for us. Thus, God the Holy Ghost said, Satan is the God of this world. The world is blind to the gospel. They have religion They don't believe the gospel. They have sacraments and ceremonies and baptisms and ordinances, but they don't believe and see the gospel because Satan blinds them. I want you to understand, I believe in an all-powerful God. But I believe according to the Bible that that all-powerful God has many times, in many ways, limited his power. Can I get just a couple of nods of the head? Well, what do you mean? Okay, did God say, the the Word of God says, God says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Did he make every Christian go to church this morning? Ye shall be my witnesses. Did he make you tell anybody about Jesus this week? God has power. The Bible tells us how God uses that power. Many of God's people are are just so dismayed whenever it seems like God lets the devil do something. 
Why is God letting the devil do that? God has allowed Satan to have his way on this earth for a long, long, long time. All you have to do is scan the thousand channels of television to know the holy, true, and righteous God is not the God of Hollywood. All you have to do is examine the textbooks to know the righteous and true and holy God is not the God of the American education system. All you have to do is walk through the mall and know that the righteous, holy God is not the God of our fashion industry. Do you understand what I'm saying? God hasn't lost control of anything over which he has had control. You've just been kind of protected from it in your lifetime because of where you were born. Take a look in your Bible again in the book of Luke. Uh, No, no, not not Luke this time. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter number 11. And verse number 12 here. Matthew chapter 11, verse number 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. Violence is not, we think of it as physical aggression, and there is that. But violence comes from to violate. To violate. If you read the history, if you did read the history of Europe, you would read of empire after empire and king after king being overthrown by assassinations, intrigue, wars. None of that's of God. When Jesus Christ comes back, we're going to have a thousand years of peace. One king, one monarch on a throne for a thousand years. If, if you read the history of South America, Latin America, Asia, uh, you've been very, very blessed to live in a country that has not had war on its soil for over 150 years. God's been really good to us. Whatever you think of the last president, the president before, the president before that, we have lived in a very unusual situation where we have a transfer of power without violence and bloodshed and, and revolution and civil war. But that's not the history of the world. The New Testament church was founded in a place where it was banned. Paul's missionary journeys took the gospel to places where other gods were worshipped and preachers were imprisoned for proclaiming the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The fact that America may lose its liberties, its freedoms, doesn't mean God has abandoned or forsaken his people. It just means that we're now walking in step with our brothers and sisters in Christ in a way they've walked since the beginning. In Jerusalem, the first apostles and preachers were called into the courts of their day and they were told, we forbid you to preach and teach in this name. And when they continued to preach and teach in that name, they were put in prison. And you know what the Lord did about it? He welcomed his martyrs home to heaven. We got Peter out one time, not the last time. They got Paul out a couple of times, not the last time. 
I'm telling you this morning, there are saved Christians who love the Lord as much as you do in North Korea, in China, in Muslim countries, in countries dominated by dictators. It doesn't mean that God has lost his love for his church or that his Bible is not true just because an election may not have gone the way you wanted it to go or gas prices may go higher than you're accustomed to paying. I'm calling on you to be biblical Christians, not American Christians. Because if your Christianity is tied to the American economy or the American Bill of Rights or anything else American, those foundations can be destroyed. One document will not pass away. Heaven and earth, heaven and earth will pass away. I'm sorry about that, all you environmentalists. God's word shall not pass away. Another stop here. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're we're getting to the sermon. We'll get to the sermon here in a minute. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 12. Why all this gloom and doom? Oh, come on. You've been walking into this cloud for months now. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This virus came and, and altered everything. These lockdowns came and changed the course of our life and uh, you thought you're free to go where you want and do what you want to go, uh, what you want to do and you found out that's not the case. And people prayed to God and, and now many, many of our Christian people are thinking, well, God didn't hear our prayers. God didn't answer our prayers. He might not have heard and answered your prayers because you weren't praying in accord with his will but in accord with the lusts of your flesh. I'm a trying to be mean. God, the government hasn't prohibited you from witnessing for Jesus Christ. They may have just prohibited you from witnessing for Jesus Christ over a meal at your favorite restaurant. 2 Timothy 3, verse number 12. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Now, this is a great thing. I was born, I was born in Louisiana in 1958 and grew up in the baby boom era when my parents brought things into our home that their parents had never known, their grandparents certainly had never known, And I grew up in all of this comfort, really luxury, luxury, refrigerators, microwaves, deep freezes, closets. You go in a home built before the Second World War, it doesn't have closets. What do you need a closet for? Well, all my clothes, all my shoes, luxury, luxury. I'm telling you, air-conditioned houses, air-conditioned vehicles, Your pastor picked me up at the airport and turned on the heater in my seat. Thank God. You know what that Bible says? If those verses are true, anybody believe they're true? You just got an exemption from part of the Bible that you're not entitled to. It doesn't say 
all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution until Franklin and Jefferson and Washington set something up for some wealthy landholders. And Are you in Christ Jesus? You want to live a godly life? Have you been persecuted for it? No. You know what that means? It doesn't mean the Bible's not true. It means you have gotten a pass that your brothers and sisters in Christ for 2,000 years and to this very day have not enjoyed. Evil men shall wax worse and worse. Seducers shall wax worse and worse. You can't be dismayed when you see that happening. You may not want it to happen. I don't want it to happen. You may not enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. But it shouldn't surprise any of us who believe the Bible to see our schools, our government, our neighborhoods, our churches embrace evil and become more willing to listen to the words of seducing spirits than the word of God. It's all set forth right here in our New Testament. Revelation chapter 11. Revelation 11. Oh, I'm getting close to the sermon. I can't take four days of this. I I know, I know. I'll let you up for air in just a minute. Revelation 11. There are seven angels who will sound in the book of Revelation, and this is the sounding of the seventh angel. So we're, we're coming very near in the context of the close of the great tribulation, which follows the close of the great church age, and the Bible says in verse 15, and the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world, watch the tense, are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And the four and twenty elders which sat before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. So let me get myself out out of the bind that I got in with some of you a few minutes ago. God has power to reign over all the kingdoms of this earth. He will not take to himself that power until the second coming of Jesus Christ. If the kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ at his second coming, then they are not now the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ. Okay? We're all right with that. doesn't say except for the United States. Kings of our Lord and of his Christ. The reason, the reason you think things keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse in Washington, D.C. is because you have a thing now called cable television and a thing now called the Internet that allows you to spend more and more and more time looking into what's going on in Washington, D.C. It's never been good. It's never been righteous. It's never been holy. God's people just never paid that much attention to it. 
They were busy living the Christian life. All right, we're ready for the sermon. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Jesus Christ is going to give a parable telling about how things will be from the time that he leaves until the time that he returns. And the Bible says in verse number 24, Matthew 13, verse 24, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But, while men slept, his enemy came, and sowed tares among the wheat, and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up, and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field, from whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. All right. This, this next uh, 10, 15 minutes here, we're going to call this the Great Reset. Just that's a term I made up. Uh, the, 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 the great reset. We're gonna get we're gonna get off of Fox News, CNN, OAN, right wing network, left wing network, and your favorite secret internet site that has the real truth. And we're gonna get, go back to the Bible. There is a sower. And it's his field. And he sows good seed in his field. And he has an enemy who sows bad seed in his field. And the bad seed sown by the enemy in his field is noticed, it's observed by the men who work for him. And they come to him and say, there's been an enemy in your field. And he said, I know that. And then the enemy has sown bad seed in your field. And he said, I know that. And his bad seed is growing. And he said, I know that. And they said, do you want us to get out there and uproot the bad seed? And he said, no, leave it alone. Did you read that? He said, no, leave it alone. Why? Because there is good seed out there that we sowed. And the good seed is growing. And the good seed is going to make it to the harvest unless you start messing around with the bad seed and mess up the harvest. Just, just do this. Just, uh, I don't understand. Okay, let me help you. Let me help you. We have spent, since Mr. Falwell started the moral majority in the 1980s, 
We have spent four decades trying to get unsaved people to vote like Christians. Trying to get lost people to live righteous lives. You know what we've done? We've messed up bus ministry. We've messed up youth programs. We've messed up uh, Bible meetings. We've messed up evangelism. We've messed up church. Because we're trying to rid the world of bad seed instead of sowing good seed like Jesus told us to do. I just, I just think we ought to. I think we ought to try. Try and do what? What Jesus told us to do. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Not conservatism, not politics, not morality. Not, we're not Old Testament prophets calling a nation back to its God. We're New Testament Christians telling people whose God is Satan that there is a Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, that's that's the introduction to the message. I'm not quite there yet. I'm going to get there. Look Look at verse number 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house and his disciples came unto him saying, Now watch, watch. Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. You know what happened to you? Your pastor didn't tell me this. You know what happened to you last March? Same thing happened to churches all across America. A coronavirus. The president signed an executive order and said, we're not allowed to call it the Chinese flu. So, the Chinese flu came to our borders and demanded our attention. Then governments began to restrict our liberties and that demanded our attention. And then we had a president named Donald Trump. Anybody ever heard of him? And he was running for re-election and that demanded our attention. And then we had somebody named Joe Biden. Anybody remember him? Okay, and, and his wife was running for president. And... And we had this election thing went on. And then we had an election. And we kept having an election. And kept having an election. And kept having an election. And I'm telling you, I went from church to church to church. And then back home to our home church. And from church to church to church. And back home to our home church. And all people wanted to talk about was the tares. Jesus, tell us about the parable of the tares. You just read it. It started out with good seed. It mentioned good seed growing. It mentioned good seed being harvested. It ended up with good seed. And they listened to Jesus tell that parable and they went to him and said, tell us about the tares. Their attention focused on the enemy. Their attention focused on the evil. Their attention focused on things that were happening that shouldn't be happening. And they were confused that the Lord of the harvest hadn't stopped it. And they went to Jesus and they went to church and they got on their phones and they they met in their houses and talked about the tares, the tares, the tares, the tares, the tares. And it discouraged them. 
and it frightened them, and it troubled them, and it confused them. Look in your Bible, verse 36. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house, and the disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. Do you see the great reset? The disciples said, tell us about the tares. And he said, let me tell you about the Son of Man. The disciples said, tell us about the enemy. And he said, let me tell you about the good seed. What he did is he took, look, the events didn't change. The circumstances didn't change. The the work of the enemy didn't change. He just said, guys, you're focused on the wrong thing. Your attention is in the wrong place. You can look at that same field. China, souls being saved. Korea, souls being saved. Central America, souls being saved. Ohio, souls being saved. Yeah, yeah, I know, but did you did you hear about that executive order? Stop. People being born again, water in the baptistry, people being immersed indoors, you cowards. (laughs) Where's that in the Bible? (laughs) Look, are, are you with me? There are still people coming to Christ. There are still families joining our church. There are still marriages being put back together. There are still young people being rescued from a life of dope addiction and and alcohol through the preaching of the Word of God. We've got to stop coming to church and talking about what the enemy did this week. We've got to stop getting up in the morning and running to our computers or our television for a close-up view of bad seed being sown in the field. Because all it does is get our hearts and minds occupied with the enemy and not with the triumphant one, the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch, verse number 38. Field is the world. What do you expect of the world? You expect the world to be anything other than what God said the world would be? The good seed of the children of the kingdom. But the tares of the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil, the harvest of the end of the world, and the reapers of the angels. Now watch this. Come come back. Come back to verse 30. We're ready for the message. You ready for the message? Anybody ready for the message this morning? Let both grow together until the harvest. Okay. The harvest, Jesus says, verse 40, it should be in the end of the world. The harvest is the end of the world. Now, real quick, real quick, because I, I, I know you believe this. If you don't believe this, you just got here, you will believe this. Old Testament, birth of Christ, life of Christ, crucifixion of Christ, resurrection of Christ, New Testament church, rapture of the church, great tribulation, Satan on the throne, second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ in your Bible takes place in the 
what's called the end of the world. So the harvest is when? Not the rapture. The harvest is when? Not Donald Trump's election. The harvest is when? Not the good old days of revival in the 1950s. The harvest is the end of the world. You know what Jesus said? All the way through the church age, all the way past the rapture, all the way through the kingdom of the Antichrist to the very end of the world, there will still be good fruit harvested for the Lord. Come on. That's, that's good news. When is he going to gather in all of the fruits of the good seed sown by his children all the way until the end of the world? You know what that means? It doesn't matter who's in a White House. It doesn't matter what form of government you live under. It doesn't matter what country you travel to. It doesn't matter what what the stock market does or doesn't do. As long as God's children will sow good seed in the world. It will take root, spring up, bear fruit, and be harvested by the Lord in the day when he gathers in all that belongs to him. Praise God. Now, here's the great reset we're calling for. We're calling for Christians to stop being so devoted to study and conversation and meditation on what the enemy is doing in the Lord's field and get back to doing what we are supposed to be doing in the Lord's field. Sydney, Ohio, the county in which you live, the state in which you live, the nation in which you live. Listen, 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 hear me. The enemy was out last night sowing his seed in the world. Were you? The enemy, the enemy is preaching his gospel every single day. Are you? The bad seed is going out, going out, going out, going out. They never take a day off. They never stop. They're relentless. Christians, not so much. Not so much. You know what Jesus said in this parable? I don't want you to try and stop the devil. I want you to try and live like Christians. I don't want you to try and fix all the bad things that are happening in the world I want you to counter them by good things. Come on, come on, guys, ladies, gentlemen, honestly, honestly. If you spent the next year watching the news, you know what you'd say? It's fake, it's not real, it's a bunch of lies. And I said, what about the Bible? Oh, it's true. It's true. Every word of it's true. Okay, so what are you going to look at? What are you going to read? What are you going to talk about? See what the devil's done. He hasn't stopped lying, but he's gotten tens of thousands of Christians to spend their time talking about his lies. 
And God hasn't stopped putting out the truth. It's just a lot of his people have stopped talking about the truth. I do not want to live in a communist country, a socialist country, a democracy. Boy, things are going to get really bad. Have you looked around? Killing, the lying, the stealing, the perversion, the immorality. And the, the, the government I want to live under is King Jesus. But in the meantime, in the meantime, I want to lay hold on this truth. Good seed takes root till Christ comes again. Good seed grows till Christ comes again. There are sheaves to be harvested till Christ comes again. And everything the enemy does between now and the second coming of Jesus Christ can't stop the work of God done through God's children in God's field. Hallelujah. Jesus didn't say, I'll build this church and the gates of hell shall leave it alone. But he did say the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Brother, sister, my, my challenge to you this morning is don't go to Jesus and say, tell us about the tares. Go to Jesus and say, tell us how we can sow good seed in your field. That song, Bringing in the Sheaves, it'll work. All the way past the rapture, all the way to the second coming. If what Jesus said in Matthew 13 is true. Hallelujah. Lord, help me. Lord, help you. To get our eyes back on the good seed and off the bad seed. And back on the Lord of the harvest and off the enemy out there sneaking around in the dark. Is that fair? Father, help us. We've been so distracted. We've been so concerned. In many ways, Lord, we've been so confused. I pray, God, that you'd help us, everyone, to see this morning and take hold, lay hold on this truth that your work will be done successfully all the way until you come again.